You know, church, a lot of times it's really easy to just get caught up in the world and the things going on in the world and of life and our busyness of life and raising families and work and crazy people at work and all those kind of things. And, and you know, I'm telling you, this kind of dose of the Holy Ghost is what you've got to have to make it in life, to be able to stop, come into the presence of God, Give praise where praise is due. Exalt Jesus. Keep him in the forefront of your life, and then you know you'll make it. Amen? Well, praise God. Well, I got something I want to share with you tonight, so get your Bibles out. Go to the book of Romans chapter 10. The plan this week. Praise God. Everybody still doing the plan, or have you all already given up? Just kind of just... Still doing the plan? At least lie to me. Tell me you are, you know, so it makes me feel better. My wife and I, we've been, you know, we do the plan. Except I have to stay a week ahead of y'all so I can do a video. And biggest problem I've got is she won't quit preaching. Steals all my time. We get in there and she gets to steal all my time preaching and I don't get enough. But praise the Lord. So anyway, Romans chapter 10 was a plan this week. And uh, I want to, as I was reading it, we were going through it. I just started seeing some things that I just want to share with you. And uh, so let's just start in verse 1. It says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that you may be saved. You know, I want to say this. If you have family members that don't know Jesus... And you're not sure about their salvation. You know, I've heard all kinds of preaching, all kinds of things about, you know, getting, you know, ministering to your family and all like that. I want to tell you the best thing you can do, all right, is pray that prayer right there and say, Lord, I just pray they're saved. Okay? And now, in other words, not, Lord, can you get old so-and-so to quit doing this and doing that and going over here and looking at that and this and that and the other? No, no, no. Just stop and say, Lord, I just pray for their salvation. All right? I pray for their salvation. I love them and just go through it. I've seen so many of our family members come to, to Jesus in ways that I would have never dreamed of. You know, always thought they should come to church here. Right? But God always works in mysterious ways around in that. It's not really mysterious ways. It's ways we didn't think. That's why it's mysterious, because we didn't think of it. Ever thought of that? It's not really mysterious. It's just God's thinking is higher than our thinking. And he's got all these ways and all these twists and all these turns and people he puts in their lives. But it's a really good prayer to pray for your, for your families. Just say, Lord, I just pray for my family to be saved. Anyway, he goes and he says, For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. That can get you in trouble. To having a zeal for God is... But not having knowledge is like giving a machine gun to a toddler. They may be able to shoot it. It may be able to go off, but no telling what they're going to hit, right? It's not wisdom. You don't want uh, to have a zeal without knowledge. You want to know what God's doing and directing you in life. Amen? For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Now, right there. Right there, I want you to stop, and I just want you to see something, because everything I'm going to say to you tonight, it's all about this. In other words, God has a way. Listen to me. Right now tonight, I'm telling you, each and every one of us in here, 
God has a path for you. God has a plan for you. God has ways for you. And what he has for Timothy may not be what he has for CW, may not be what he has for me. Everything intersects because we're all different people. Different things are going to speak to us. Different things are going to minister to us. Different, different ways God has of getting things across to us. And you can't look, yes, the general plan, Jesus is Lord and Savior, right? But the specific plan of your life, where you're going to get and how you're going to go, you've got to figure that out in God. And let him direct you and let him show you, okay, what ministers to you. You may be a person that, that worships for two hours a day. And the other person over here may not be able to carry a tune in the bucket, but he wants to read the word for two hours a day. Or you may be the person that in 10 minutes you got everything wrapped up in life. You see, you can't, you can't let things. I never forget, and I've told this many times, and there's just no, no whack on uh, Pastor Larry Lee, he came out years ago with a deal. Could you not tarry with me one hour? And it became a big series, books, all this stuff in churches were teaching it. And in the early days here at Living Waters Church, they were teaching, can you pray for one hour? And it was all about taking the Lord's Prayer, breaking it up, and making it into segments and learning how to pray. It was good. It taught me a lot. But I can still remember the very first time I sat down, I was so zealous for God, just wanted to pray. Man, I can pray for an hour. I don't want to be like the disciples. I'm not going to be like Peter, fall asleep in the garden when Jesus is going to about to be crucified, sweating drops of blood. I can't believe he did that. I'm not going to do that. And man, I had prayed my heart out. I prayed for everything. I looked at the clock, 10 minutes had gone by. And I was like, holy cow, how can I ever make it? Because pray for an hour. I had a zeal, but I didn't have any knowledge. And that can get you in trouble, okay? But anyway, he says here, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Okay, back to that point. In other words, God had a plan, but Israel couldn't see the plan of God. God had a plan that he wanted to work in their lives. He had a plan named called Jesus that he wanted to bring in their lives, but they were zealous for God, but they were so zealous for God, they weren't hearing God. They were chasing after God, but they weren't chasing, they weren't stopping, sitting down, by the edge of the brook and saying, Lord, tell me what to do. That they missed it. <clears throat> he said they were seeking to establish their own righteousness. Be careful in life when you're trying to get God to do what you want him to do. Because when you're doing that, you're being the executive secretary of the Holy Ghost, trying to get him, God, to line up and do things the way you think it should be done. goes back to that. Sometimes it's better just to pray. Lord, let my family be saved. Because when you start getting in there, you get in the way and start messing things up. They have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Now, you've got to understand, <clears throat> if you were a good Jewish boy and you were raised up in all the Jewish traditions and you'd, you'd gone through the, through the rabbinical teachings and all this, and that, you, know, you had all this stuff memorized. It was a lot of work, but you were encourage that you could do it, all right? And then all of a sudden, one day, that's all blown out, no more. Forget all of that stuff. Forget knowing to read the Bible forwards and backwards. Forget what you're eating. Forget all these kind of stuff. Forget all this stuff right here. If you just believe in Jesus, you can be saved. And everybody's like, oh, what? I mean, we've been working so hard to do all this, and we've worked all this stuff up, and now it's just going to be everybody can believe in me. What do you mean? It's, I mean, it's supposed to be work. You're supposed to be earned this before God. And now everybody can get saved and everybody can come in the kingdom. You know, Gentiles and these heathen dogs, they're going to come in there. They're going to get saved. And so it just, Paul's preaching. I mean, you just can't imagine 
I don't even know what kind of an example to use to you that a preacher nowadays could use that would be that offensive to everybody. Are you with me? Because it was blowing their doctrine up. He says, it's the end of the law. Just believe in Jesus. But look what Paul does. This is why he's the Apostle Paul, and I'm Robert. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks this way. Do not say in your heart who shall ascend into the heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, I don't know how your Bible looks. I don't know what you're reading in there. But if you notice that one part of that is is all italicized. So let me show you where Paul got it. Go to Deuteronomy. Hold your finger there and go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses is giving his last discourse to the children of Israel before he's about to die. And so he starts, let me just start reading because I need to read a little of this for y'all to follow along. He says, Now it will come to pass when all these things come upon you, that the blessings and the curse which I set before you, and you shall call them to mind among the nations where the Lord your God drives you. And you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice according to all that I command you today, you and your children, with all your heart, with all your soul, that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity, and you have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord God has scattered you. And if any be driven out to the farthest parts under heaven from the, the Lord your God will gather you, from there he will bring you. Then the Lord your God will bring you into the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it. And he will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, that you may, that you may live. Now, in 1948, when the nation of Israel was born again and was formed and started, this scripture was one of their main forefront scriptures, that God had brought them back from all over the, all over the world, all over the globe, and brought them back into that land of Israel, okay? So, this, was, this to them was God fulfilling Deuteronomy 30, what Moses spoke. So think about this. <clears throat> when Moses is saying this, he's saying it totally and completely 100% prophetic because they were getting ready to go into the promised land. And Moses is talking about them being scattered all over the place and then being drawn back in. So he's speaking prophetically and doesn't even know what he's saying. And somebody's writing it down. Don't you know when the guy's writing it down? What do you mean scattered about all over the place? What do you mean been driven to every nation? What are we talking about here? We're just trying to get into the promised land. We've gone our 40-year bout. We're about to go back into this thing. And what do you mean? We're already talking about us being scattered, and we hadn't even got in and possessed yet. But it was prophetic. Okay? So he goes on. And he says, also the Lord your God will put all the curses on your enemies and on those who hate you, who persecute you, and you will obey the voice of the Lord to do all his commandments which I command you today. The Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hands, in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the, in the produce of your land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good, as he's rejoiced over your fathers. 
If you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in the book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. For this is the command which I command you today. It's not too mysterious for you, nor is it too far off. It's not in heaven that you should say, who shall ascend to heaven for us or bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart that you may do it. See, I said before you this day, life and good, death and evil. And I command you today, love the Lord. Paul took that when he's preaching and he's writing the letter to the Romans. He took Deuteronomy 30 and he put it right in over there to get all the people to understand because they understood Deuteronomy 30. You follow me? That was a, this is a promise. This is Moses' last words to the Jewish people. Moses, I mean, he is it. He's the prophet. He's spoken. And so they knew it. They knew it by heart. This is something that a preacher, let me give me this one. This is something that the rabbi, the preacher, would have preached every Sunday. Deuteronomy 30. All right? This is the amazing grace story that would always get preached. Everybody knew it. So Paul takes the words from Deuteronomy 30, puts it over in Romans chapter 10, and says, look, don't you understand? Just like Moses was saying, God's going to bless you. He's going to bless your hands. He's going to bless the fruit of your, 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 your life, your, your everything you put your hands to. He's going to prosper. God's going to bless you. Remember Deuteronomy 28 says you're going to go in. You're going to come out. You're going to be blessed. Everywhere you're going to be blessed because God's going to be with you. You're going to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And look, it's not too far off. It's right near you. It's just, it's just within your mouth for you to confess and say, come into my life. And so everybody's like, wow. But he's turned it around now and he's using it about Jesus. You follow me? So I say, as simple as it was for y'all to believe then is as simple as it is for you to believe now. So he captured the audience by reaching back here and pulling out of Deuteronomy 30 and saying, look, It's not too far off from you. It's not too hard for you to believe. It's right there. It's right in your mouth. It's right in your heart. As soon as you confess Jesus is Lord, watch what happens. Okay? Jump back over to Romans 10. Verse 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, that word saved, it does not mean like just you got delivered from this situation. It means total and complete salvation. It means all wrapped up. It means anything that is not good is taken away from you. It goes right back to the word, ties back into the Hebrew word used throughout Deuteronomy 28, 29, and 30 about what it is to be blessed. I mean, there's, it has a little bit of a difference in the meaning because of us understanding it in English, but to them, if you said blessed or saved, it's the same thing. Right? Today, we think about blessings. I mean, I mean, most of the time, if you said to somebody, oh, so-and-so is really blessed, I think we would equate it to dollars. How big their house is, how much they, you know, they got it made, they got the ranch and all the fat cows and the best grass and the best property. Am I right? Usually when we think about that, being blessed, we equate it to dollars. But we all know that blessed doesn't have anything really to do with dollars. Blessed has to do with peace. Blessed has to do with mercy. Blessed has to do with joy. 
Blessed has to do with being satisfied. Blessed has to do with what's on the inside of us. And truly what God was saying to the nation of Israel, I, I'm that place for you. I'm the Psalms 91. I'm wanting to take you under the shadow of my wings. That a thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it's not going to come nigh you. I'm the God who wants to come into you and bless you so much, save you so much, that you're always secure in me. That's truly what he's saying. When you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart as Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, then you are saved. God's hands on you, you're blessed. I'm telling you, I've got, you know, had the privilege to travel around the world, and I've seen people that do not have money, but man, they are blessed. I've seen people not having secure homes, not having things like that. One time, I was down deep in Mexico, and we stopped at this place, and they wanted me to meet this lady, and went in there, and I'll never forget it. It was like, I went in, this has happened to me twice, and in this instance, we went in, and, and, and we went up. She said, well, come on. She's over here in the kitchen. She wants to make us, you know, uh, wants to bless us and feed us. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, oh, okay. And so we go in there, you know, swept dirt floor, tin roof, little bitty thing, just a few just broken chairs all assorted sitting there. And there was a big rooster alive on the table. And so she shoes the rooster out, and then there was a hen with a couple of chicks, and she shoes them out from underneath there. And she shooed them all out and dusted the feathers off and everything, got us to sit down. Then she started making tortillas and doing all this stuff, and I just kept thinking, man, I wonder how many things in here can kill me. You know? And this was one of the happiest women I've ever seen in life. She was so happy. She was just, just emitting from her was joy. And so they began to tell me the story. of uh, she, she began to tell the story about how she got saved and she met Jesus and her whole life was changed. And, you know, and, and, and she was, you, this woman you would have thought lived in the greatest paradise in the world, in the greatest mansion, you know, whatever. She had nothing. Another time I went to this place, again in Mexico, and we were deep in the mountains and we went into this house and the lady got it and, and she wanted to cook for us again. And I'll never forget it. They had a cast iron, uh, like a, almost looked like a wok, like a giant wok that she was, that that's what she made everything on. Except it was cold, and, and so they had a little fire in there, it was warm, and there was two of the nastiest looking tomcats you have ever seen in your life laying on that wok, you know, warming themselves. And I knew she was going to make the tortillas on that, you know, and I'm like, Man, oh, mangy, nasty tomcat. And then she got, she, she, she said, oh, she was so blessed because they, they had some good wood today. And I looked, and it was two-by-fours they had found somewhere, two-by-fours, you know, treated like, the, you know, you don't, <laughs> you don't do that, okay? <laughs> and so she chopped it all up, put it all underneath there, and then it began to smoke, and, you know, and, and then the soot came up everywhere. And then I looked up at the ceiling, and it was just black and and soot was boiling out of this thing, and I thought, well, man, the Tom Hat cares, ain't, and the Tom Cat hairs aren't going to kill me near as quick as the rest of all this other stuff is, you know? 
But this lady was so happy. Man, she, I mean, being with her, I was, I was embarrassed because she had such joy. Down in her soul, I mean, she had joy because she was blessed by God. And she began to tell the story about how she was lost and didn't, and, 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 and she was just, you know, things are bad in life. And then and she met Jesus. And I'm like, you know, I'm looking at her surroundings. And it looked like nothing had changed, but she had changed. Are you with me? Because the thing that happens on the inside of you in the kingdom, it's inside of you. Now, it's great when it manifests on the outside. It's great, you know. I mean, I like comfort. I like air conditioning. I'm sorry. I don't want to sweat. All right? But I want to... I'm telling you, it has the kingdom of God has to get established on the inside of you before you're ever going to see anything manifest on the outside. And when Paul's talking here and he's saying, look, just like it was back in Deuteronomy 30, just like over there when y'all were uh, praying and and, and y'all were about to enter in the promised land and Moses is saying all this stuff about how God's going to bless you. When you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, that's what happens to you. So then he goes on. And he says, verse 10, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and the mouth confessions made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Okay? So that's out of Isaiah 28. So now he throws in Isaiah. For there is no distinction between Jews or Greeks, for the same Lord is over all, is rich to all who call upon him. Verse 13, For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That was a very familiar passage of scripture to all the people because it was Joel chapter 2 verse 32 when Joel said that the great terrible day of the Lord is going to come and God's spirit's going to move the same scripture that Peter quoted in Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost and Paul uses it here now something I want you to just little stop and little side note here over over my life experience of being a Christian, I've had, you know, other Christians say that you were, you know, as far as being a word church or a reading your Bible and memorizing scripture and all that, ah, you know, you know, that they're just kind of crazy. But I took I took notice of what the disciples did, the apostles did. Look at the word Paul is quoting here. You tell me Paul didn't I mean he didn't have to go look this up in the blue letter Bible. Right? He didn't have to get his computer out and go find scriptures to make up this message to write chapter 10. It came out of his heart because it was things that they had always learned. So he, he quotes Joel here and he says, For whoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of him of peace and bring glad tidings to those things. Again, he goes back and he gets over to Isaiah 52, verse 7. And he starts quoting again the scriptures. He's he's taking, he's reaching into the Old Testament of things that they would have heard because he's quoting popular scriptures or or well-known scriptures. Like, you can go to a lot of people and say, uh, give me a Bible verse. And whether they're saved or not or not, they probably could say, well, God so loved the world that he saved his only begotten son, because that scripture is so out there, right? It's been used and used and used and used. These scriptures that Paul is using have scriptures that have been used and used and used and used and used throughout all the Jewish tradition, all the Jewish things that were going on. 
And now he's taking it, turning it around, and trying to show the people, this is what salvation means. This is how God's hand comes upon you. It's not too far off. You can't get it. It's not way out there that I'm trying to do some mystical something. It's right. Just what you've always known. That if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, salvation, the blessing of God comes upon your life. Hello? He goes on. Verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? Isaiah 53. So then faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say to you, they've not heard. Yes, indeed. Sound has gone out in all the earth and all the words to the end of the world. Okay, now he's quoting Psalms 19. But I say, did Israel not know? First, Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy those who were not a nation. Goes back to Deuteronomy 32. I will move you by anger to, by a foolish nation. But Isaiah is very bold saying, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. Isaiah 65. All day long I've stretched out my hand to a disobedient and contrary people. 65 too. So what I'm trying to show you here in, in the whole chapter of Romans 10 when you read it, a lot of times we, we've heard it a lot. If you confess with the mountain and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. But you've got to understand what Paul was doing. He was going back to the Jewish tradition. He was pulling up all the scriptures out of Isaiah. He's pulling up from Joel. He's pulling up all the things that they had learned that Moses had prophesied. He pulled all of that into saying, look, if you believe, you're going to be blessed. Now, go back to Deuteronomy 30. What's interesting to me is what he didn't say. Look at Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Moses says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you, that I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your sentence may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life, and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Now think of this. He says, look, it's your choice. It's all your choice. Every day when we get up, every day when we go into this world, it's our choice. Whether we're going to trust God or not, it's a choice. We're going to have to choose between life that we know the word will bring us or death with our own ways. We're going to have to make the choice. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that person's just going to choose death every day. But if you know Jesus, we have the opportunity. It's set before you every day to choose life or to choose death. Choose what's right. Choose what's wrong. Right? But the good news is, when you choose life, ooh, it's really good. When you choose life, he says, man, I want to bless you. I want to bless everything that you touch. Everything that goes about is a blessing. Now, just think of this. Then what confidence do you have in the morning when you get up and go? And you stand up and you say, Lord, I'm going to choose life today. I'm choosing to walk with you. I'm choosing to walk in life. You start out your day like this. I'm choosing 
to trust in you. I'm choosing to believe in you. I'm choosing to believe that you're going to bless my marriage. I'm choosing to believe you're blessing my family. I'm choosing to believe you're blessing my finances. I'm choosing to believe that you're blessing everything that I do today. Then God's hand's right there. Now, I don't know. The other, uh, it was yesterday. I was trying to do some work. And for some reason, I had like the dropsy. You know what that is? You know, it's like when you get older and everything you have to pick up two to three times off the floor. I don't know why. I couldn't screw a nut on the end of a bolt. I'd drop it. I'd pick it up. I'd go to do it again. It'd fall off. And I'd do it again. It's like, wow, oh, this is crazy. Then I got the screwdriver to put it in there. I dropped the screwdriver. And I picked the screwdriver up. You know what? I put the drop. And then I go to screw it. And then it drops. It was ridiculous. I told my wife that I've worked three times harder today because I had to pick up everything two to three times off the floor. I do not understand what is happening in this situation. I need to have magnets on my hand to try to keep everything in there, you know? And I was tempted to just start throwing stuff, you know? I was tempted to just fall in and start throwing stuff, kicking stuff and, and, and falling over into choosing death. But I stopped. See, and that's changed. Because nowadays, see, I'm choosing death. See, I know that now I have to stop and think about it. If I kick something, then I may hurt myself. I knock my back out or, you know, bust my toe or, you know. So I have to <laughs> be careful. You think, how much is that? No, it might hurt. I don't think I'll do that. But the point is, I'm trying to say here is when Paul's preaching Romans 10, and what I want you to take home from Romans chapter 10 this week, is that God's salvation is not just you getting saved once. It's tied in with Deuteronomy 30, his blessing upon you every day. You, you're saved and you commit your life to Jesus. You're saved and you're saved. But you need to be saved every day. You, with, you follow what I'm saying? I'm not talking about Lamb's Book of Life writing down. I'm talking about you need that blessing on you every day. Every day you need to make that choice. Every day you need to make that profession. Every day you need to stand up and announce to all the hell and everything else that, man, I'm choosing life. I'm choosing to serve God. I'm going to walk this day and serve God no matter what. I'm going to go forward, and that's just the end of it. You can deal with it. And when you do that, I'm telling you, all of heaven gets activated. All of heaven gets turned on. All of heaven gets activated. You just, I believe angels sit on the the just the edge of heaven wanting to move on your behalf, but we've got to do something. We've got to be moving in that direction. We've got to be moving and speaking it out of our mouth and, 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 and being word people and, and saying what the word says. Y'all with me? You've got, you cannot just stand and take the onslaught of the enemy without bringing in the blessing of God. You've got to choose life. You've got to make a choice for life. It makes a difference then of how everything is going to go. You can't just stay there and say, well, you know, whatever. Whatever's going to happen today is going to happen. Ooh, don't do that. Don't do that. That's just not good. Because what you're saying then is, you know, whatever. I'm just going to, I'll just get to the end of the day if, you know, whatever. That's like, you know, you wouldn't do that in the middle of a war. You wouldn't just crawl out of the foxhole and say, well, if I get shot, if I get shot, whatever, I'm just going to go walk, you know. Everybody say, get down. Likewise, you don't want to live that way in your Christian walk. You want to get up every morning and say, I choose life today. As for me and my household, we're going to serve God. I choose life. I choose the blessing of God. I want your salvation, your blessing upon me. And as you do, heaven starts moving. I wish I understood more about the activities of heaven. But since I haven't been there yet, 
I can't tell you firsthand how it all works. Because it blows my mind that of all the you know, you know, billions of people in the world, that God can be everywhere at the same time answering everybody's prayer and moving everything. But he's got an innumerable multitude of angels working for him. So, you know, you've got so many out there you can't number. I mean, he does have some help to get it all moving and everything shaking. But how God can care about Helen and what she's going through and he can care about me and what I'm going through and can get both of our jobs done in a day. Right? And still be personal and love me. And it's not take a number, Robert. We'll get to you when we can. You know, whenever I go into a store where they have that little roadie deal with a number, you pull off a number, I leave. Seriously. If I have to pull off a number and stand in line waiting for my number to be called to go up and get help, it's got to be a better place. It's got to be a better place. And so I don't do that. And I'm so glad heaven doesn't work like that. Pull a number, take a number, be seated, and we'll get to you in a minute. Imagine going to God and you get that response. God, everything's going terrible. Today. Look, just quit crying. Sit down over there. Take a number and I'll get to you when I can. Golly, we were here yesterday. <laughs> I'm so glad God's not like that. Amen. So stand up, make a choice. No, I mean, don't have to stand up, make a choice. I'm saying stand up and make a choice. You can stand up if you want to, but bless God. That's better than sit down. That's why we call a sheep. (laughs) Praise God. Well, Bill, help me. Let's take up the offering. They're ready to go. Praise God. If you need an offering envelope, Bill will get you one. If not, get your offerings up, put your hand on it. Let's bless it. Father, I just declare tonight we're blessed people. Everybody say, I'm blessed. We are blessed people, Lord. And as we give tonight, I just declare, Lord, we give because we want to give, not because we have to give, not because we're trying to get something. But, Lord, we give because, Lord, you are the one who we honor and we worship you. And I thank you tonight, Lord, you bless hands. I think you do miracles in finances. Miracles in, 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 in when, when people say, well, I'm on a fixed income. Lord, I declare there ain't nothing fixed because all the heaven and all of earth belong to you. And so, Lord, I think you can move anything. So bless them, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. Well, stand up now. I mean, come on. We're all already stand up. Let's just stand up. I'm sure this time. Stand up, man. <laughs> Now look at the person beside you and say, you know, you are blessed. And grab their hand. Now, Lord, I just declare that this message is stuck in our hearts. And I declare, Lord God, that as we go out and we go out into this world, that we are going to be blessings because we're so blessed. And I declare, Lord, that your hand is on us that you prosper everything that we put our hands to, and everybody that we come across, Lord, we've got a good word for them, and that's Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for it, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. 
You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.